Section fifty five of Mince Pie. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mince Pie by Christopher Morley. Section fifty five. Visiting Poets. We were giving a young English poet a taste of Philadelphia trying to show him one or two of the simple beauties that make life agreeable to us having just been photographed he was in high good humour what a pity he said that you in america have no literature that reflects the amazing energy the humour the raciness of your life i woke up last night at the hotel and heard a motor fire engine thunder by there's a symbol of the extraordinary vitality of america my if i could only live over here a couple of years how i'd like to try my hand at it it's a pity that no one over here is putting down the humour of your life have you read o henry we suggested extraordinary country he went on somebody turned me loose on mr morgan's library in new york there was a librarian there but i didn't let her bother me i wanted to see that manuscript of endymion they have there i supposed they would take me up to a glass case and let me gaze at it not at all they put it right in my hands and i spent three-quarters of an hour over it wonderful stuff you know the first edition of my book is selling at a double premium in london it's been out only eighteen months how do you fellows get away with it we asked humbly i hope pond isn't going to book me up for too many lectures he said i've got to get back to england in the spring there's a painter over there waiting to do my portrait but there are so many places i've got to lecture everybody seems to want to hear about the young english poets i hear philip gibbs is just arriving in new york we said is that so dear me he'll quite take the wind out of my sails won't he nice chap gibbs he sent me an awfully cheery note when i went out to the front as a war correspondent said he liked my stuff about the sodgers he'll make a pot of money over here won't he we skipped across city hall square abreast of some trolley cars i say these trams keep one moving don't they he said you know i was tremendously bucked by that department store you took me to see that's the sort of place one has to go to see the real art of america those paintings in there by the elevators they were done by a young english girl friend of mine in fact she did the pictures for my first book pity you have so few poets over here you mustn't make me lose my train i've got a date with vachel lindsay and edgar lee masters in new york to-night vachel's an amusing bird i must get him over to england and get him started i've written to edmund goss about him and i'm going to write again what a pity irvin cobb doesn't write poetry he's a great writer what vivacity what a rich vocabulary have you read mark twain we quavered oh mark's grand when he's serious but when he tries to be funny you know it's too obvious i can always see him feeling for the joke no it doesn't come off you know an artist simply doesn't exist for me unless he has something to say that's what makes me so annoyed with r l s in weir of hermiston and the new arabian nights he really had something to say the rest of the time he was playing the fool on someone else's instrument you know style isn't something you can borrow from someone else it's the unconscious revelation of a man's own personality 
we agreed i wonder if there aren't some clubs around here that would like to hear me talk he said you know i'd like to come back to philadelphia if i could get some dates of that sort just put me wise old man if you hear of anything i was telling some of your poets in new york about the lectures i've been giving those chaps are fearfully rough with one you know they'll just ride over one roughshod if you give them a chance they hate to see a fellow a success awful tribe some of them are writing they don't seem to be expressing the spirit the fine exhilaration of american life at all if i had my way i'd make every one in america read rebelice and madame bovary then they ought to study some of the old english poets like marvell to give them precision it's lots of fun telling them these things they respond famously now over in my country we poets are all so reserved so shy so taciturn you know pont the lecture man in new york was telling me a quaint story about macefield great friend of mine old jan macefield he turned up in new york to talk at some show pond was running had on some horrible old trench boots there was only about twenty minutes before the show began well says pond hoping jan was going to change his clothes are you all ready oh yes says jan pond was graveled didn't know just what to do so he says hoping to give jan a hint well i've just got to get my boots polished of course they didn't need it americans boots never do but pond sits down on a boot polishing stand and the boy begins to polish for dear life jan sits down by him deep in some little book or other paying no attention pond whispers to the boy quick polish his boots while he's reading jan was deep in his book never knew what was going on then they went off to the lecture jan in his jolly old sack suit we went up to a private gallery on walnut street where some of the most remarkable literary treasures in the world are stored such as the original copy of Elia given by charles lamb to the lady he wanted to marry fanny kelly there we also saw some remarkable first editions of shelley you know he said mrs l in new york i had an introduction to her from jan wanted to give me a first edition of shelley but i wouldn't let her how do you fellows get away with it we ask again humbly well old man he said i must be going mustn't keep vachel waiting is this where i train what a ripping station some day i must write a poem about all this what a pity you have so few poets end of section fifty five